The power of the law of attraction is truthfully not in its ability to create enormous wins for your life. Its power instead is within one of its core tenets, that you can change your belief systems. Average CEO reads 60 books per year, and many attribute their success to this habit of constant learning. This is the difference between those who actualize and those who fail. This automization of their learning, this 1% better every day. On the MentorBox podcast, we're making it easy for you to build and maintain that same habit, the same type of constant lifelong learning as those CEOs, simply by listening to this podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen and tune in for new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and every Friday. And if you want to dig deeper into what our incredible guests teach, make sure to go to mentorbox.com and become a member today. Hello and welcome to this edition of MentorBox. I'm your host, Jonathan Kendall, and today I'm going to hopefully bridge the gap between those of you who believe that the law of attraction will allow you to manifest a $100 million lottery win by wishing it with all your might, with those of you who assume that the law of attraction is a giant sham slash farce, which has no basis and atomistic reality and therefore should be shunned like all other mystical nonsense, thrown away into the same trash bucket as astrology and the like. Though the problem, I'll tell you right away, is that neither of these sides understands what the law of attraction actually is in the first place. And therefore, as is usually the case, the answer lies squarely in the great middle. And so let's start there, shall we? By figuring out what we're talking about in the first place, because we can't argue over an idea's efficacy if we can't first agree on its definition. The law of attraction at one extreme is a metaphysical claim about the nature of reality. In this reading, spirit or energy in a broad general sense is the cause and effect of everything that we see and cannot see. And that our minds, human minds in particular, are the strongest and most advanced manifestation of that energy or spirit. And therefore, our minds can control everything to the point of miraculousness, i.e. healing yourself or others, or otherwise life-threatening illnesses causing money to find you, finding a mate, manifesting that new job, walking on water, maybe. As a man thinketh, so is he, says the Bible. Proverbs 23.7, which is, by the way, also the title of a great book by James Allen. Reality itself in this reading desires to be conscious and has done so in the form of humans. And so if we can just tap into our own deification, we can cause the world to warp to our will. This reading, of course, sounds spiritual because it is. This version of the law of attraction, at least for today, will therefore be discarded. The fact that some force or some energy or some universal something or another exists and that we are a part of that existence and probably are a pretty high-level organizational version of that force, energy, something is probably true. But only insofar as such a claim is so benign and vague that it's difficult to argue against. A metaphysical framing so ambiguous as to render it useless. And on top of that, even 
if we were to agree on whatever this force energy thing is that is within us and everything else, who is to say that just because we are a high-level organization of this force energy, that it follows that we are able to curtail its nature to our beck and call, especially in the form of something as invented as money. And so this is not the definition we are going to use. Instead, on the other side of the spectrum, the law of attraction is simply a synonym for extreme personal responsibility, that we as individual actors are ultimately accountable for everything that happens in our lives because we have the choice to choose our reaction to any stimulus. This reading, contrarily, sounds fairly logical, because it is. And so we'll use a variation of it for the rest of today's lesson. Admittedly, the law of attraction's roots are Christian and predominantly American, which is no surprise since the American version of Christianity and the American ethos in general historically has a bit of a by-your-own-hand ethic to it. The American dream and all of that. But no matter its origins, eventually the Industrial Revolution took hold, creating new millionaires the likes of which the world had never seen before. Rags to riches in one generation. Edison, Tesla, Carnegie, Vanderbilt, Stanford, Rockefeller, J.P. Morgan. These are not the gilded aristocracy from Western Europe nor the oligarchs of Eastern Europe. These men were instead sociological miracles and so intensified our fascination with their how. How does one bring into being such an unlikely jump in success? Which is the difference between, what is the difference between them and everyone else? Now, granted, there are three broad levels of analysis to any one person's success. Mindset, strategy, and tactics. Mindset being how you think. Strategy being what you prioritize in action. Tactics being how you execute upon those priorities. But the interesting result of hundreds of years of study and research by now is that mindset is the foundation. Tactics rely on strategy and strategy relies on mindset. You can know all the right tactics in the world for a theoretical right strategy, though if you don't have the right mindset, if your thoughts are not aligned properly, then you will necessarily not be able to effectively execute any of your plans. And in most cases, you won't have any plans to begin with because your mind will just be all jumbled. And don't take it from me. This has been shown in the deconstruction of countless success stories. Napoleon Hill's famous Think and Grow Rich explores this phenomenon, as well as the aforementioned James Allen's As a Man Thinketh, Wallace D. Waddle's The Science of Getting Rich, Thoughts Are Things by Prentice Mulford, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Dr. Joseph Murphy, all the way through up to the modern-day version, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, You Were Born Rich by Bob Proctor, and probably the most famous of all, The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. Now, you can dismiss such findings as mysticism, though you do so at your own peril. Because I'm telling you, I've read all of these books and more on the subject, and every single time, without a single example to the contrary, wildly successful people plan for their success. They act as if. They vision quest. They do some form of prayer or self-affirmation. They dream a dream and remind themselves of it often. And most importantly, they believe that they can create whatever reality they want, which really isn't that controversial, is it? That any great accomplishment is birthed from a belief in oneself? And that's fine. I've taught lessons on this already, and you probably heard the motivational speeches, and yes, of course, again and again, you know the heroes and the rags to riches fables already. 
But that's not where the power of the law of attraction lives. This easy belief is a prerequisite for accomplishment sound bites. This is a part of the law of attraction, sure, but it's also too simple. It's not far enough down. Because the power of the law of attraction is truthfully not in its ability to create enormous wins for your life. Its power instead is within one of its core tenets that you can change your belief systems. Did you catch that? It's subtle, but it's important. The law of attraction says that if you believe in something strongly enough, if you think about it enough, it will become real. That the potential future will become an eventual now. Sure. But the meta-awkwardness of the law of attraction is that you must first believe that you can believe something into reality before it will ever work. And so you must first attract the law of attraction's belief system into your worldly framing before it will ever work, which sounds crazy, turtles all the way down. And that truly is why people don't believe it nor believe in it. Because they have already framed their life in a certain way, namely, and usually that a bunch of stuff happens to them, that their brain is wired a certain way, that they were born with a certain temperament, that they would have some certain innate tendency picked up from their parents or by way of genetics, and that their language and their born into station is what it is which is all true to some extent, but most importantly, they believe that they as an entity, as a thinking being, are stuck, ever reacting in a certain patterned way to consistently pattern stimuli. I have a hot temper. I'm just a realist. I am not good with children. I'll never get married. Money is the root of all evil. You notice what's happening with such statements? They are, in fact, not statements. They are frames. And yes, they are, for the speaker, true. You see where this is going? I bet you do. If someone believes that their boss is a terrible person that is out to get them, this is not a belief for them. This is their reality. This is actually happening in the real world every single day, meaning the world, as it relates to us, is not objective, it is necessarily and always subjective. A million dollars is either a terrible year or a life's dream, depending upon the reality of the individual judging that so-called objective number. A cloudy day is either an artist's beauty or a reason for melancholy. And this deconstruction goes out into infinity. Truly, it does. Is a million dollars a lot? Is a cloudy day to be celebrated or hated? Is rain a gift from the heavens or a reason to pout? How we view it begets its reality. And so says the law of attraction. If we view the world as a place which is conspiring on our behalf, as Paulo Coelho puts it, if we frame our world as a place which has no objective stake, if we believe that our belief that the colors we paint with define the outside world, then do we not have the power in a real way to create our own reality? If we so choose to view the world through a lens of positivity, forgiveness, love, wealth, prosperity, and personal agency, then isn't that reality true for us? My friends, guess what? It is. Which is why people struggle so intensely with each other, which is why we tussle with one another, which is why for some 
Which is why for someone the weather is terrible and the other it's a gift. Which is why for some the world is bright and full of love and hope and for others misery and pain. It's because the world doesn't care. Objective reality doesn't decide. You decide. And so if you decide to view the world as a place which manifests realities that you want and you view it as a positive wealth spring, then hell, my bet is that people will like you. You will work hard. You will be specifically focused about a few goals. You will overcome obstacles because you'll believe that you must. You will see yourself as a hero on a longer destiny-driven journey. You will persist when others give up. And then guess what? you'll win. Now, is it because of the law of attraction or is it because you had the right strategy and learned the right tactics and then executed along the way? This is a false question because the answer is simpler than it implies. The law of attraction's power then is not in its ability to spiritually connect you to some cosmic force which will give you the right lottery numbers. The law of attraction's power is in it changing your belief system about belief itself. Yesterday I was watching my fiance DJ when a man walked up to me. How are you? Oh man, he said, I don't know. Communication is all effed up. Yeah? Why? I asked. His response? Mercury is in retrograde. (laughs) You see what happened here? He's flipped the effect with cause. His framing of the world as a place of confused communication became his reality. And so too, if you remind yourself of a positive world often enough, if you give yourself mantras, stay in the moment and choose to choose your reactions to the world, you will by definition create your reality. The law of attraction then, I think, needs a little rebranding. It's not that you can attract your reality. Even more forcefully, you can, in fact, create your reality. I hope that helped. Until next time, cheers. Thank you so much for listening to the MentorBox podcast. If you want to learn more about what our authors, as well as all of our authors teach, make sure to sign up at mentorbox.com. And if you like the MentorBox podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts as that helps us get discovered by more people who will enjoy and be helped by what we do over here at MentorBox. Also, if you think of anyone who would enjoy or be helped by what we do here at MentorBox, be sure to let them know. We do what we do at MentorBox to try to make the world a better place through the incredible education our authors bring. And we can only do that through your help. So please help us spread the word. Again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next MentorBox podcast.